Badass. It's Amethyst Mahoney of Spiritual Badass, and I'm so excited to welcome you today to another episode of the podcast. I would love to hear your feedback, comments, questions, or anything that comes up to you from listening. If you'd like to connect with me deeper, be sure to follow the podcast and continue to listen. And also go on over to my page on Facebook, where I share daily insights, commentaries, and downloads from the universe on how to run a multiple six-figure business just by being yourself. It is full of information for ambitious and success-minded entrepreneurs just like you, and you'll be able to connect with other incredible leaders right there on the page. I'll see you on the other side of this podcast, and remember, get clients, kick ass, and repeat. Happy spring! It's Amethyst, and I thought I'd pop on today to talk about some stuff, um, some changes in the energy, some changes in business that are coming up, not for me, that, but just like for everybody in general and, um, and, and see how everybody's doing. So we're going to kick off the, uh, live boldly challenge here in two weeks. Um, so that'll be cool. We've got some new members in the group. So say hello if you're new or some people are just rejoining because, you know, I did take like a two-year hiatus from doing the group and everything. Um, but I really wanted this to be a place where we can talk about a lot of different stuff. And I've been like way on a spiritual kick lately. So I'll probably be doing some posts about spirituality, um, because that does affect our business and, you know, just to see where everybody's at on that. Um, actually I've had some clients apply to work with me lately. And one of my questions is what do you call, your divine power. And some, you know, most people still, especially if you came from a um, fundamentalist background, like I did, or, you know, just grew up with a lot of cultural bullshit uh, put on you around religion, um, have a lot of issues with it. And so that's why I put the post in here last week about uh, non-gender, gingered, <laughs> I'm still saying non-gendered, gendered names of the divine, non-gendered <laughs> names of the divine. Um, because, you know, a lot of times I think of goddess or a specific God or goddess or something like that. And it just doesn't always hit right. So I was reading, um, I believe it was in a I want to say it was in the new Bhagavad Gita Eknathas Warren translation I have, but I'm not thinking that's correct. It might've actually been in, oh my God. So I have an old idiot's guide to Hinduism. That was the book it was in. I read like all of these books, like by Thich Nhat Hanh and Eknathas Warren and like really prominent people. And then I have like the idiot's guide to Hinduism, the idiot's guide to the Taoism, Buddhism, world religion. Like I just have a lot of idiots guides too. Um, I used to think they were really, really super fun and they're still good to go back over sometimes, but there was a phrase in it. There were two phrases and I'm not going to be able to pronounce it or remember the exact like name of it right now. So I'm just going to share this with you. The, the first one, and I feel like this is why I have a lot of trouble relating to some kind of concept of God or the divine or supreme being, whatever you want to call it, is because there's actually two aspects of it. And I was really surprised that 
the book I was reading captured this so beautifully and like laid it out because I've always gone back and forth on this. Like it's some kind of puzzle that has to be solved. Like, I feel like the universal energy out there is like this kind of disembodied, you know, all pervasive being, but at the same time, I'm like, I want like some kind of divine God. I still like to worship and pray, um, to that power, which I also believe is in all of us. And so it just gets really confusing. Like, what am I trying to do here? So what it was talking about was this Hindu concept that there are actually two aspects of the divine. There is the larger disembodied kind of supreme godhead or goddess. Um, And then there are, then there is the personal aspect, which is for human like consideration, like the one that you can relate to, right? So that's why there's like thousands of gods and goddesses in Hinduism. Um, And then, you know, if you put just all spirituality, whichever one you want to relate to. And one of the lines in um, one of the, I want to say the Upanishads, I could be wrong, but I believe it's one of the Upanishads. It's not the Katha. I can't remember which one I've been reading way too many different things lately. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, like one minute I'm reading like the Tao of success. And the next minute I'm like reading Hinduism. And then the next minute I'm reading like a Thich Nhat Hanh book. So, but it's all like the same concepts and the same thing. And so one of the things is about one of the quotes is that, you know, it doesn't matter what you call the divine or what aspect you want to relate to, whether it's worship or devotion, or, you know, a lot of pagans are more cooperative energy, then, then that is the way that it or they or her or he or whatever will show up for you. Right. So I just feel like with the spring equinox and stuff, it's just really important to kind of look at how you embody, you know, your spiritual rituals and the things that you do in both of those aspects and whether or not that's been something that's been confusing to you over the years because you think well it can't be both i have to pick one and if i and then what happens especially for those of us who are raised fundamentalist is if you pick one what if you pick the wrong one right first off what if you pick a different one than you were told growing up but then <laughs> that's bad enough but then like what if you pick a different one And like, you decide that that's not the right one, or, you know, you, you only want to work with that aspect for a few years. And then it it just gets really like overly complicated. We overthink it so much. And it's just like, if all of the divine is the divine and and we all have an aspect of that within ourselves and within each other, then why do we make it so hard? Right. So like right now I have, oh, I have my statue of Lincoln right there. And I have a statue of um, Hera over there and I have some Buddhas over here and I have my little, my little, my little statue. It's really heavy of pan. Um, But then I have all of the way that, you know, mostly when I'm connecting, it's more like light a candle, settle into the energy. Um, today I went to Bledsoe Creek Park, Bledsoe River, Bledsoe Creek State Park. That's what it's called. Bledsoe State Creek 
I always say Bledsoe State Creek Park, Bledsoe Creek State Park. It's right up the road from me. Um, it's really, really pretty. I'm going to put up a picture uh, probably tomorrow. I'll do a post tomorrow. And there's just this one spot I like to go to. And I think I'm going to start going there like two or three times a week and taking my journal and just doing, you know, writing out my stuff because that's how I come up with my things for my business is I actually journal it first. A lot of times I'll journal it and then I'll have to go back in and type it. <laughs> I'm like, I already wrote this. Why am I typing it? But it doesn't take that long uh, to type it up. But I like to handwrite everything. And it was just so peaceful and so nice today. And it reminded me of like so many people are concentrating on everything that's wrong with the world constantly, not, not even just now with all of the stuff that's happening, but all the time. And that, you know, you don't just get out into nature and commune with nature. You know, I think this is a good time for everybody to kind of look back on Walden and why he moved to like the little cabin by the lake and wrote the book. Um, it was to get away from all the noise and all the things that people tell you are important and tell you that you should worry about. And there are things that we should contribute to. And I'm not saying like, go stick your head up your butt somewhere and not ever care about anything or do anything to help anyone. But at the same time, you can't constantly try to take on the world's problems. I think that that is a huge issue with the religion that I was raised in is that concept of needing a savior and then having to become the savior for everybody else in the world. And so in the United States, especially, there are a lot of people and a lot of women who are feeling like it is their job to fix everything for everybody in the entire universe. And that's not just on you. <laughs> so taking some time out, especially if it's nice where you are, I think it's like 70 here today or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm like so close to just going back to the park today and journaling, but I think I'm going to finish up my taxes instead. Um, and then go back in the morning and journal. Um, cause I think that's, I'm going to make that more of my, my daily habit again. What I used to do is I used to get up and I used to journal, but I always wanted somewhere to go. And my husband's cutting me a place out under a tree over on the side of the house. Um, but I need a bench to sit and journal on and it's not going to be super shady. So I'm thinking if I go down to the over thing off the bridge on the lake at Bledsoe Creek State Park, then that's going to work out really, really well because the sun just is not going to be blazing on me. So if you have a place that you can go to, even if it's, you know, this the one, the park is like 12 minutes from here. Everything's like 12 or 15 minutes from here. It's amazing. I love it here so much. Um, if it's not raining and if it's not like super bright blazing sun, I can definitely, you know, if it's later in the day, I can definitely sit over in my, in my place. I'm going to have to buy a bench floor, but that whole, you need a space that you can go to consistently to get into what you really believe and what you really feel. And especially when we're talking about creating your message, 
can't believe I didn't record this. I'm going to have to try to get it off Facebook. I just realized, hey, Susie. Susie says, I totally feel the energy of going within and disconnecting. Yeah, sometimes you just have to do that. And you have to get to that place where you can get into the overall calmness and the stillness of it all. So one of the reasons I like Thich Nhat Hanh's book so much is because it's about that and then using that to for activism and for helping other people where it's appropriate. And that's that's the big thing is you have to understand where it's appropriate. It's kind of like when you get online with your business, everybody comes online and they're like, I want to help everyone with everything. That's not appropriate. And that's not your job because that is the savior complex coming in. That is like, I want to be the martyr. Everyone should like, you know, hang their problems on me and I can take it. And that is just not good for you. And so what we want to talk about with this upcoming challenge on April 4th is what your message is and also who it's actually for, because you're not supposed to work with everybody on everything. And that I think is one of the hardest pills for spiritual entrepreneurs to swallow is that they want to do everything. Hey, Kimberly. And instead of, you know, even doing everything, if you don't start somewhere, then you're not going to be able to do more than one thing. I was, again, I was reading, I've been reading like 20 books at a time right now. I'm just like all over the place, which is, I'm actually enjoying it, but I can't remember where the quotes are from. Something I was reading was saying that not focusing on what you're doing. Um, and it was talking about your spiritual practices even, but it was, it said, it's like trying to ride two horses at once. And I've always said, it's like trying to run two races at the same time, but I like that idea of trying to, not that I ride horses, even though I have my obviously cowgirl shirt on today. Um, but trying to do, you know, it's like trying to drive two cars at the same time, right? Like you just, you can't do it. You have to pick one to use. Like today it's a little, it's a little too cold for the motorcycle. So I took my convertible, um, with the top up obviously, uh, to the park. And, but sometimes Brent and I will go outside and like, we we went to get groceries yesterday morning and we were like, you know, which, which vehicle do we take? <laughs> like we have so many, but we do have four choices. And it, it's just really interesting because, you know, you can't do more than one. Well, you could, but then you'd each be driving and it'd be stupid. You'd be wasting energy and wasting gas. So just pick your one vehicle to get you to where you're going. And once you're there, if you want to switch out cars, or take a different vehicle or Uber back or somewhere else, then you can do that. But when I tell people like focus on something in your business, focus on what your message really is. A lot of people get very, very upset because they're like, I don't want to pick one thing. And I'm like, I don't care really at this point, because all you're doing is like creating this crazy energy and like bouncing off the walls and nobody knows what the hell they can do with you. They don't know what you're about. They don't know what you believe in. They don't understand what you stand for and they have no clue what you are selling. 
And if you are doing posts where you're selling one thing one day and one thing the next day, and they're really, really different, people are going to look at you like you have lost your ever love in mind. And they're not going to trust you because they're going to be like, how can you be a relationship coach today and a money coach on Thursday? And this weekend, you're like, I don't know, selling recipes or something like it's just so it's just so weird. Now, if someone has established themselves as a relationship coach for like a year or something, and you don't have to do it for that long, usually 30 days is a good start for a program. But once you've established yourself as that for a while, then you can start doing other things. And there's a lot of programs that I'll do that are just like 30 days, 60 days. That's it. And they're kind of like adjuncts to what I do, or they're slightly different, or they're kind of in the same niche. If you look in my member library, I have three pretty distinct categories of stuff, although they all do overlap. And I've started, I started making them overlap after a while because I started to see the patterns in them. And I started seeing what my bigger message was and who I really wanted to work with. And so I don't, really work with people who aren't entrepreneurs. Even in my tarot business, I'm like, I'm not interested if you want to learn how to do tarot, but you don't want to either have a tarot business or have some type of business where you either use the cards with clients or you use them for your own, you know, personal decision-making and insight to kind of figure out what's next in your business. If you don't want to do that, I'm not really interested. I'm not interested in like 90% of what people are doing with tarot because most people are just doing spreads like, is my boyfriend going to ever come back to me? No, he's married, bitch. Would you please move on? Like, I'm not interested in that. That's not my client. So you have to kind of understand like where your boundaries are and not be like in this desperate, I have to help everybody because I need the money. And a lot of spiritual people think, well, that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm helping more people with more problems. I'm like, you're desperately trying to get any income that you can because you refuse to take a stand on what you're really here to do. And it's really, really difficult for people and really difficult for people to hear that. I've pissed a lot of people off when, they, when I say that people will like, like immediately send me snotty messages about what a terrible person I am. <laughs> And I'm like, you're broke. Like maybe try something different. I'm trying to help you understand why what you're not doing, what you're doing is shit, right? And it's not working and it's going to continue to not work and how this is so much easier and better because it, it focuses your energy. And so as we move into the spring equinox, I just did a, a tarot energy reading for the week for my VIB group. And one of the things that's been coming up is as you move forward from the spring equinox energy, this really, to me, sometime between now and about April 25th, I would say, is when the new year is starting. There's some weird energy going on this year. Like everything's just kind of like kind of getting going, but not really. And sometime between now and then you've got to really focus in on that message. And that's why I wanted to have the live boldly challenge because I wanted to make sure 
that you were clear on what it is that you are actually here to say and who you're here to say it for. When you're online, it's really easy easy to get, it's really deceptive. (laughs) It's really easy to get duped by thinking that there are, that everyone is against you and your opinion is not something that's going to be easily received out into the world. But when you find that you start changing what you follow online, the people you unfollow online, um, and what you really pay attention to, everything that you're fed on the internet is actually based on what you're paying attention to now. So if you're getting a lot of, let's say, like fundamentalist Christian groups or posts that are about how, you know, gay people are bad and all that bullshit. Their way is the only right way. Oh, you're a sinner. Like that's not emotional abuse. Um, If that's all you're getting, it's because that's what you've chosen to pay attention to. And so when you actually start looking at things like um, the Rhineland mystics, Hildegard de Bingen, uh, Matthew Fox, and, you know, the deconstruction movement, when you start following things like that, then you're going to actually find a lot of people who are in more alignment with what you think about it. And, you know, if you're me, right? So you have to figure out what what is the message that you are actually wanting to say and then find some people who have already said it because I can guarantee you that there are people who have already said it. I actually um, saw a comic the other day who was just blatantly opposing fundamentalist religion. And it wasn't uh, George Carlin or whatever his name was. It was this new younger guy, never seen him before. And like everything he said was all the things that I think. And it's just nice to know that there are people out there who actually do agree with what you already have to say and will support you in that. Because what we do is we focus on all the hate that we think we're going to get instead of, oh my God, there's people out here who need to know that there are other people who think this way and who believe this way. And so they don't feel so alone, but we focus on, oh my God, you know, my stepfather's ex-wife is going to see this and write me nasty messages again, or that one aunt who's fucking crazy is going to go tell my mom about this and they're both going to start attacking me and make fake Facebook accounts and follow me and start sending me hate mail just like they do every couple of years, right? So you can sit there and you can dwell on that. For some of y'all, you don't even have those problems. You just have these imaginary ideas of people are going to hate on you and like you've never even experienced it. But it's like, oh, my God, someone's going to hate what I have to say. And it's like, why don't you wait to worry about that until it actually happens? (laughs) It will happen. Right. There's always people like when I talk about tarot, there's always someone who's going to like pop up on my thing every once in a while about not the same person, but all these different people. Oh, you're opening a demon portal to hell. And I'm like, there's so many wrong things about that statement. I'm not even going to get into it. But you have to stop worrying about what those people are going to think about it and really start to get in touch with what you have to say, 
Um, and then as I always say, just think when those people come up, just be like, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> it's like my favorite, my two favorite phrases are whatever and fuck off. Those are like generally my philosophies for life. Um, and it, it can be hard. I mean, I have a whole, a whole course on how to deal with hater comments and things like that. But if you're worried about that now, you're, you're so worried about the big picture that you haven't even like taken the first step. If you're so worried about like building a house and you don't even have the first brick, then what are you doing? Right. You're, you're focused on this future that probably is not even going to happen instead of focusing on the present, which is all you have. And so you've got to find a way to get out of your head around that and really get focused and clear on what you want to say and believe in yourself enough and trust yourself enough and trust your divine power, whatever that is enough to actually go out in the world and say it. So that's what we're going to be practicing here in April so that people can actually say the things they want to say, right? Because there's all kinds of things you can say on the, the internet that are fucking ridiculous that people will attack you for. Like, I just lost 50 pounds. Do you, people will tell me things like, but you were pretty before. Yeah, I was fat and unhealthy. Oh, being fat doesn't mean you're unhealthy. Let me tell you something. When I was in about sixth grade, possibly seventh, I saw the photos, actual photos. They showed them of us of an autopsy of people who were obese, different people, different, like their heart, their different organs and things. They showed this to like sixth and seventh graders, whatever it was right in there. And the amount of fat that was wrapped around the internal organs, like choking them and preventing them to, from actually doing their jobs. You cannot tell me that that is healthy. It is in no way healthy at all. But people get mad when I say, you can't be super obese and think that you're healthy because you're just not. And I've always said that, whether I weighed 145 pounds, which I'm a size six, I know that sounds big to some people, but that's actually like 125 for many women. But whether I weigh that or whether I weigh 240 pounds, that has always been my stance on it. If you are overweight, then there is something that needs to be addressed because you are hurting your body. And I've always said that no matter what my size, but somehow in the past few years, you know, the let's embrace being fat culture has decided that that's wrong. And that if you say being like really obese is bad, is that you're attacking fat people that you hate them. And then they start saying things like, well, anorexia and being skinny is bad. Yeah, it is. It just affects your body in a different way. There's like a medium thing, <laughs> like a happy place you could be that's not too big and not too small. That's just like your happy zone. And it's a pretty big, you know, 30, 40 pounds or so that everything's cool. But after that, one way or the other, you're hurting yourself, but say that on the internet. Oh my God, people flip out. The reason I'm telling you this is not so you can argue about whether or not being fat is healthy, because if you want to argue that you're wrong. Um, we knew that back in the 1980s, there were 
thousands of studies that the National Health Institute had done about how obesity contributed to negative days at work and negative health consequences. We used to know all this. Apparently, we around 2005, we lost that knowledge. I don't fucking know what happened. But whatever it is that you have to say and whatever it is that the message is that you want to get out into the world, you have to understand that there are always going to be people opposed to that in some way. I mean, I can bring up racism and there are people, there's people down the street flying Confederate flags here. And not all of them are like for history. This it's a thing, right? And so it's okay that people oppose what you have to say. Your, your job is to focus on the people that you're actually here to help. And those are the people that you're here to get your message out to. So that's why we want to do this challenge. And then I have an upcoming course. We're going to talk a little bit about, well, how do you actually find those people? How do you get in front of them? Once you know who those people are, then then you can start to share your information more strategically. I don't spend all of my time on Facebook anymore. I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram I do spend time on podcasts, on interviews, sometimes doing magazine articles, but speaking is really where I get the majority of my clients. And most of my clients, especially my high-end clients, you're never going to meet them. I've said this for like a decade. You will never meet them. Very rarely are there people that I get just coming onto social media who just sign up for like my 12 or $15,000 program. It does happen, but it's not like my focal point. So there are better ways to get your message out and you still don't have to pay for ads. I'm just not a big pay for ad person. I don't know what it is about like sharing my money. Like I have my affiliate programs. Now I pay, I pay my affiliates for referring their friends to my programs but I do not want to share like my money from my books with Kindle or Amazon and my money with Facebook or Google ads or anything like that. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, it's just such this huge block and I should get over it. And I've had people actually run ads for me and things like that over time. They never do as well as just me showing up online and sharing my content or going to an interview. Those two things far outweigh any ads that I do. It's the weirdest fucking thing. And I've had multiple people tried like really high end people try to do ads and things for me. I'm just not going to fight it. I'm going to save my money and I'm just going to get clients the way I have always got clients. So once you know, and I have a list of over 4,000 places where you can go speak or write or anything like that. And just go get clients. I have not made it through my list. I've had this list for like four years. I have barely scratched the surface of it <laughs> as far as where people are and how easy it can be to actually get in front of more people and to get clients. So once you figure out what your message is, then it's a lot easier to start looking at where those people are. If you're just like, trying to go 
case in point, like everybody used to go write HuffPost articles, right? I did one just so I could have one on there. Um, but everybody used to do that. And it'd be these really general articles and not really focused towards people's businesses or anything. And some people like really got into it. They'd write an article or two every single week. And I'm like, your return on that is nothing. You're getting a lot of general people. It's not really specifically focused on your message. And so you're not getting a return for this effort. Why are you putting all of this time and energy into this when you could actually put that time and energy into something a little bit different and get way better results? And it's because people refuse to actually speak about their actual message and what they're really here to do. They're scared to say what they really want to say. And they're scared to, to niche down. And then there's all these coaches running around about, you don't have to niche, da, 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 da. And I keep telling people, telling people not to niche is that coach's niche. Do you understand this? Can you please logically understand this? For God's sake, that is their focus. They are completely focused on telling you that you don't have to focus. And it's just such a sham. It's such a lie. That's not to say that later you're not going to have, you know, tons of different things. But, you know, it's, people always tell me, well, what about Beyonce? Because she has like records and production companies and perfume. And I don't even know. She might have a clothing line these days. I don't keep up with what people do. She didn't do all those things at one time. She built each thing individually got it going till it was self-sustaining, hired people to be in charge of it, and then went on to the next thing. And that is how you have to build a business, right? When people are like, well, you are the niche. You don't have to focus on anything. The people who say that actually focus on specific courses for a period of time that they sell them because I watched them do it. And then they move on to the next thing. So, yeah. And usually the people who say that specifically, you are the niche, have the niche of their message is basically like you are the niche, <laughs> right? It's basically about building an online empire by being who you are. That's a niche. And all of their courses and all of their programs have to do with that. And so it builds and builds and builds. Because all of the people are interested in the same thing. It doesn't matter if that person comes out with a health course, an oracle reading course, you know, a business, actual business course, a mindset course. All of them refer to that overall message and that overall thing. So once you get clear on that, which we're going to do in a couple of weeks, then everything else that you build around that will still have to do with that. Because you've got some overall message that you want to share with people, something that you are here that's like this clarifying bolt of insight that is screaming to get out of you and that people don't want to do that because they're afraid, like, well, what if I do that and it doesn't work? Or what if I do that and it does work? And then that's all I can ever do. It's not how it works. So that's what I'm here to help you figure out as we move forward through this. And as you move forward into this 
spring equinox. It's really about what can you do to move forward? And then also, what do you need to let go of as far as your identity of the past, who you've always said that you are, what you've always said about yourself, letting all of those things go so that you can do this and move forward and figure out how to communicate your message. Because people get really, you know, trapped in the wording and things like that. And the words, the words can get very tricky. And we'll talk about that too some. But figuring out what you really are here to say, that is the biggest thing. And so if you haven't signed up for the Live Boldly Challenge, make sure that you do that. There's a link um, up on the banner, up at the top of the page, and I'll put it down below this video as well uh, or somewhere around it. And it make sure you sign up because you're not going to get the information if you don't. I mean, I'll post the post in the group, but you're not going to get like the first day you're not getting uh, if you don't sign up for it. And that's one of the most important days. So it's at amethystmahoney.com slash live dash boldly, I believe, but the link will be up here. So make sure you sign up for that. We're going to start soon. I'm really excited for this challenge because I really feel like this is kind of the where we're kicking off the new energy of this year. Um, I feel like we've been in like this weird transition energy for a couple of months. And so we really, I got to pull this up. It's driving me nuts. We really have to get into this, this new energy that we're all stepping into together. Um, and I'm really excited about it. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to share with your message in the world and, and what it is. And somebody will probably be like that you can be healthy and be fat. <laughs> Now you're gonna, I'm gonna try not to judge whatever your <laughs> that's your message. I'm I'm just gonna be over here like okay. Well, I'll tell you how to tell people that. I guess I don't know. Um, I there's some things I just won't teach people on. You know, like I won't teach people how to spread hate. Um, and I won't teach people how to spread like fundamentalist beliefs. But if pretty much everything, as long as you're like live and let live, then I'm cool. I'm cool with that. <laughs> My husband's like, you're so judgy. You know what people tell me on the internet? They go, God, you're opinionated. I'm like, literally, that's what the internet is for, is to share your opinions. That's what it's for. <laughs> I don't know like what memo you got, but if you post something on the internet, it should be your opinion. What, where, did the, where did people miss the concept on this? I don't understand. Like, get the memo. Oh, my God. It's been so great to have you here for another episode of the Spiritual Badass Podcast. I would love to hear how this episode spoke to you and any feedback you have or just what came up for you. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and check out the website for more tips and trainings at www.amethystmahoney.com. If you enjoyed this podcast today, be sure to leave a review and share it with one of your badass friends who wants to create an amazing multiple six-figure business that they love. And remember, get clients, kick ass, and repeat.